church on my house shall be a house of prayer. When you hear that statement, my house shall be a house of prayer, do you hear, oh, my church is going to be a house filled with prayer meetings? My house shall be a house of prayer. And um, can I just quickly have our first slide there? You know what? Church, church, the Greek word for church, a Korea con or lords, come of Korea's, I, I, Best pronounce that. I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly. You can see it there, doma or house. It means building. And Jesus did not use common great work for building or religious congregation. Every Sunday, we are just going to come together to this building. When he says, I, he did not say, upon this rock, I will build my synagogue. Very often, we as a people still have a Greek mindset. And then we think that, okay, I will build my synagogue, big, build a bigger building, build a bigger uh, a congregation. He did not say that, you know, together means sin. The word God is gather. It's not, okay, the more people together, that means the more of the presence of God. Is that my, he said, upon this rock, I will build my Ecclesia, out. Ek means out. The root word for exodus or exit. Ecclesia, from the word kalio, is called. Upon this rock, I will build my call out one. We are all called out. We've been called out of darkness into light. Upon this rock, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, I will build my call-out one. You and I are the call-out one. We've been called out from darkness. Jesus literally pulled us out of darkness and established us into the light. Amen? And that was what Jesus meant. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. My call-out one... My called out one shall be a people that pray, a people that intimately interact with you. Not religious really praying, babbling away. A people that intimately communion, having this communion with me. My house, when Jesus came into temple to worship and it angered him because they have turned the church into a place that God never meant it to be. There was table money changer. They were actually cheating people. That if you want to please God, you need to buy the pure dove. And they were expensive. And then if you are cannot afford, you buy the pigeon. And then the weighing scales were dishonest, right? They were cheating the people. So when he came into the house of God, he was so angry that these people has turned it into a den of thieves and robbers. And he quoted, you know, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you turn it into a den of robbers. And when he said that, he quoted that verse. Wasn't the first time that he said that. It was quoted out of Jeremiah 7.11, right? That was quoted, written then in Jeremiah. And he quoted also out of Isaiah. Isaiah was written 700 years before his coming, before Jesus came. 
700 years, that means Jesus had the Word of God in Him already. And the Spirit of God at the right time pulled out that Word and began to declare the Word. My house shall be a house of prayer. And my house shall be, will be called a house of prayer for all nations. My people. And, and we, you know what? We are trying to get the called out one into a prayer meeting. When the Muslim world has created a culture they would voluntarily get up five times. Early in the morning, if you visit, or like for me, from Malaysia, we were birth, born in Malaysia, at early wee hours in the morning, there's prayer blasted all over. They're unashamed. And I know someone that was on his way back um, and, and was traveling business class, and he was sitting there, a Muslim just pulled out the prayer mat in the business class, and start praying. They are unashamed. That is inculcated in their heart that they have a prayer culture. We are the call out one that been called out of darkness, yet we don't have a prayer culture. We are struggling. We are trying to, to still do not fully have the mindset what does that mean to be a house of prayer? To be a people? Thank you. Trouble of oh, having long hair. This time my husband is bald. Praise <laughs> yes. See, there's every reason to thank God for, right? If we find it, there's always a reason to thank God for everything. Amen. I like him bald, yes. You know, in, in John 17, and, and, and we need to begin to develop a prayer culture. In this house, a prayer culture is not just preached on Sunday. It can't be just captured, or can't be taught, it need to be caught. Today, I hope you will catch something, catch the heart of God, what it means to pray, what it means to really intimately connected, be connected uh, with Him, interacting with Him, communion, communing with Him, having a conversation with Him. Who will be best demonstrated? Tell me, who? Jesus. Amen. In John 17, you know what? If you read the Gospels, you will see that Jesus constantly and continually pulled himself from the crowd. Amen? And he would go into a quiet place. And in the word we often say that Jesus sent the crowd away. Even sent the disciples away and have his alone time. But the world usually loves crowds. That is where they get the sugar rush. You know, the hype, they're hyped up and they get excitement. But in their alone time, become depressed, become lost and lonely. But Jesus, He represents and He began to show us the kingdom, what ultimately was satisfied who we are. 
Now, we constantly send people away and say, I need my time. I love my time with my father. And John 17 is best described the culture that Jesus has. I want to read you and take time and begin to read through John 17. And in this chapter, it just said Jesus prays. Jesus prays. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing, by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Do you know, because Jesus came, he had the same glory as the Father. And he let go in obedience based on the sending word. Father said, go. Because I love these people, you are the only hope. And he obeyed. It is easy to start, but it is hard to finish. But Jesus demonstrated that I have finished the work you gave me to do. And Jesus knows the timing. A prayer culture, you begin to discern the time. I just want to prophesy to you if you are hearing this word. And again and again, I feel that this year, there are things that has been in your heart, in your spirit. The Father said, can you discern it that I am about to burst what I place in you? I have placed what I have placed in you. It's time to begin to burst that. And Jesus discerned that glorify me, not for his own sake. He said, glorify me so that I can glorify you. He's, he's always pointing back to the Father. Right? And then Jesus prays for his disciples. And he spoke to the Father in a conversation about me. I finished your work. You know, they know that you have sent me. And he's talking with the Father. And then now he prays for his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. 
and glory has come to me through them. Do you know that we are His glory? We are here to glorify God. Verse 11 is a very important verse. It says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Oneness is powerful. The desire of the Father that His people, His called out one, be one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them saved by the name you gave me. There is power in the name of Jesus. I protected them and kept them saved by the name you gave me. None has lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. While we are still in the world, they are spiritual warfare. We have an enemy who is waging a warfare against us being united, one mind, one heart, one spirit with the Father. Right? Because the enemy knows when we are one mind, one heart, with the intent of God, we are powerful. We are unhind- nothing can hinder us. He knows that. So you know what? Jesus is interceding for us from the Word of God in heavenly places to champion you and I. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. So this year, we need to really grab a hold of the Word of God. Not assumption, not just perception and, 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 and hope that we have the power. And if we really want to begin to birth what has been planned from the foundation before the foundation of this world, we need to come into oneness with that truth and let the truth begin to wash us. Begin to have that power. There are things that you and I can't do, but when we are one and begin to submit to the word, submit to the will of God, and the Holy Spirit come and say that, let me do that for you. Come, I'm come alongside. I am in you. I'm for you. As you send me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may truly, may be truly sanctified. How can we be truly sanctified? By His Word. By the truth. We wash ourselves. We renew ourselves with the Word. Now, 
know, Jesus prays for all believers. Right? He had an f- intimate talk with the Father. He prays for his disciples. Be comforted. Jesus is praying for you and I. We are his disciples, aren't we? And then he prays for all believers. He said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who is to preach the message? <laughs> we are to preach the message. Through their message. Are we sharing? The word of God said they overcame him by the word of their testimony. And uh, they love not, and the power, of, um, they, they love by the word, yeah, by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. And they love not their life even unto death. Right? People need to hear testimonies. Father, um, that all of them may be one. Oh, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. I want you to hear through the passage that two very important words that repeated several times in this passage. Several times in this passage. It is important, that's why he repeated several times in this passage. Because that two words represent the kingdom and who he is. And it represents us and who we are. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us as that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as I have loved, oh, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus didn't come because he needed more people to love him. He was already very loved. There's nothing lacking in him that he needs to have one more brownie point, another badge. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world, sorry, Though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. 
and that I myself may be in them. The word one and love is repeated constantly. How love do you feel? Now, put aside our emotion because our emotion can be deceiving. Some days we feel loved, some days we do not feel loved. Is it true? We are circumstantial sometimes. That's why we need to be in Him. That is when the, we are washed by the Word, the truth. Whether I feel loved or not, the truth says that I am loved. And you are unchanging. And he, I am the called out one. You have called me out. You have called me out of all this filth, this dirt, this lack, this darkness into the light. You have established me into your kingdom. There is nothing from the before Adam and Eve sinned. You already have me in your mind. There was nothing lacking. Though the enemy came and began to stumble them because he was afraid that they truly come to know the love of the Father. He was trying to sell them a lie. The Father doesn't love you enough because He kept something from you. He's afraid that you'll be as clever. You know, He sold them a lie that you are still lacking. They bought into the lie. But God said, I, you and I are the called out one. I have pulled you out. I have given you everything. All my best. And begin to establish you. You are loved. Therefore, out of this platform of overflow abundance, begin to go out, share the message. They need to know the message. Because I have established you in the love, that Lord, this love needs to be um, demonstrated, need to be seen by the people out there who still do not know me yet. People, my call out one, my lovely son and sons and daughters, let this love be demonstrated. When they see that there's so much love amidst of my people, they will come to know me. And everything, Jesus. Jesus demonstrated this prayer culture. Everything he prays, he shows you that we need to stand in the gap as well. We are in Christ. We are called intercessors too. We do not leave it to a group of people. Every one of us have a calling, have a gifting that is a bit more prominent. When we have that gift, it's for us to equip others. It's not for us to do the job for others. We are all called. There are many mothers and fathers in this house that you've been journeying with God for more than a year. You should be rightfully bring someone along. And have we shared that goodness? Enemy keep binding us into a place of this circle. And today he wants you to break out of that. In, in Deuteronomy 32, you know, have you heard that one chase a thousand, two chase ten, 
Okay, Penelope, can I just get you? And, and I, I give Penelope a dollar. And uh, Penelope with that dollar can go and buy a thousand lollipops. Uh, Kim, can I just invite you? And, and I give Kim another dollar. And, and Kim begin to go out and b- bought a thousand lollipops. Right? Individually, they are going to do that. But then together, they found out that, hey, if together we put our one dollar together, when we go out and buy together, we get 10,000. And then when they walk away, each one have 5,000. Would you go on your own? You're smart, right? I go out and buy, I buy, we get 1,000. Hey, if we together agree, and we both go out and buy together, we get 10,000. Oh my, we get 5,000 each. It talks about exponential fruit, right? Result. So what would you do every time you want to go and buy? You gather someone that will agree with you, right? It's demonstrate. Okay, um, you may be seated there. Thank you. And then, okay. Now we say, okay, um, now our mind says, okay, one chase a thousand, two, ten, three, a hundred, four, a million, and just go. You're talking about exponential. And again, don't let our minds trick us. The move from the, the core of what God is trying to teach us from His Word. From Leviticus 26, a portion, um, verse 8, He said, five chase a hundred. But a hundred put uh, 10,000 to flight. You told me one chase a thousand, now you're five, a hundred, twenty. But again, with unity, you achieve more. The point God is trying to teach us, the problem our minds try to, our logical mind try to figure things out. But in this passage, these two passages, God is trying to teach us what can be achieved through unity. Amen? Will you ever, if you find the truth, will you ever go and buy by yourself? You know, there is power when we pray. Again, okay, what if I don't have agreement on my own? Is it no power? No. You can center yourself in agreement with the Word of God. Jesus was fairly powerful, wasn't he? (laughs) Wasn't he powerful? He came, and, and, and the word we, we did a study at our staff, he said, you know, and he gone to the other side of the lake. And then, then this man with, with, with chain, with, with, with chains, and nothing could hold him down. Nothing could subdue him. He break away from the chain, right? And then he would cut himself day and night. So when Jesus came, do you know what? The man with the demon possessed, came to him and fell down and worshipped him. No matter how difficult your situation is, if you recognize who God and Jesus is, nothing can change you from worshipping him. It was a choice, a choice that he could break even. He fell down, he knelt down in New King James, he fell down and worshipped Jesus. And then, you know what? Even demons recognize who Jesus is. Son of the most high God. Do we really know how high, how powerful 
Jesus is? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is God. This year, let that culture begin to permeate our heart. Take a hold of that work that Christ has established. Amen? And, and get someone agree with you that you know, if it's according to the word of God, and God will bring it to pass. Amen? And um, now, in Isaiah 56, 7, it says, I will bring to my mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. In my called out one, right? My house of prayer that knows how to talk to me, how to hear me, how to interact with me. Their offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. No, the heart of the Father is for nations. It's not just for our church, just for my family, for my need. His heart is for nations. Even out of this house, there are many nations represented here. Amen? You know, this house of this house, you know, God is bringing nations to 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 Australia, to the city of Casey. Have we got a heart just like our father do? Just pray, Father, help me, teach me what it means to have a heart like yours for nations, for people. Teach me, open my eyes. As I conclude today's message, I want to encourage you um, to daily pause, um, begin to listen, practice listening prayer in your privacy several times. It doesn't take a lot. It takes intentionality and desire. You say, oh, I think I know something from that place, you say, knowing God knows more. And he knows everything. Instead of talking at God, I think God speaks to us. Speak to me, God. There's nothing wrong in bringing requests, okay? There's many forms. And, and, um, but pause and listen to him. Next. I have to lead. Make things up, figure things out, make decisions. To say, God is the leader and the authority of the work. God, you have authority in my family, in what I have to do. Let him be your shepherd. He knows exactly where to take us. It's so comforting that we don't always have to figure everything out. So, yes, immediately remove the yoke the enemy tries to place on you. Father, you're my shepherd, a very good shepherd, my best friend. He is your best friend. 
my people, my called out ones, will be a people that knows how to interact and commune with me on a daily basis and at all times. How powerful is that? Amen? Let that begin to shift our mindset of what it means to pray. A lot of the few things have been set up in this house to create opportunities to create this prayer culture. And today is the first day of our fast and prayer. The word of God says that some of the things that you not you can't chase it, you can't can't unless by prayer and fast. We are coming together because we know the unity of fast and prayer. We just learned that about unity. And day one is really praying for ourselves. There are diabolical cycles that repeatedly coming and trip us up. Everyone responsible for ourselves. First, right, God, what are the access points that tripping me up? The Holy Spirit will be faithful to show you. And also for us to stand in the gap. Fasting is not about oh, I'm giving up oh, my, my series, my episode. Oh my goodness, my Facebook. Oh, oh my dessert. I love dessert. Uh, I, I'm giving up food. You know what? You guys know how passionate we are about food. You know what? It's not about focusing on what you're giving up, but you begin to focus on what you're giving into. When your mind is saturated, oh, I'm giving into this, that, wow. You know, a bigger picture. Right? It's, it's a time we separate ourselves. Hey, just like Jesus did. He pulled himself away from the to-do list, from the noise. From the demand, he separated himself and prayed. And, and these three days, every time when we come together to fast and pray, there's something significant happen. Our desire fulfilled so that our Father be glorified. We need to get that right. Are there things in the family, things in our lives, as we continue? the importance of coming together in unity. Just like when we found the importance of coming together to go and get something, gathering the result, we will no longer do it on our own. There is a time and a season. Nehemiah got everyone together. Esther called the nations to pray for her. Right? There is power in fast and prayer and togetherness. And, and I just quickly, we prepared this. Have, if you haven't gotten this brochure, get, grab a hole and journal what God is saying each day. What is fasting? Quickly, I would just read it. Fasting is giving up things we have a right to for the sake of experiencing God's pleasure. Fasting is a spiritual discipline which helps us to seek God and to develop spirituality. 
Why do we fast? To strengthen our faith and build up our spiritual man. To seek God. And then you can read all the verses that back what, why we are fasting. To prepare for spiritual warfare. Right? To break yoke of bondage. And how, what do we fast from? It can be absolute fast. Have nothing at all. Just water. Even three days sometimes, if God directs you, even without water. Absolute fast, partial fast, certain meals, certain foods, no dessert, or media fast, things which distract us from God. You pray. You pray and see God. God will tell you. Okay. Preparing to fast. Just, I won't go through that. You read through. Everything in point form made it very easy. And then write down. What is it that you are fasting from? And day one, today we will. All right? In this session, and then Psalms 24, 3 to 6, I humble myself with fasting. Ah, I acknowledge that I can't do it. I need you. I'm humbling myself. Fasting is a worship activity that increases spiritual receptivity by creating an atmosphere from the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit. And we know that in Luke 4, 1 to 2, verse 14, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit after his fast. And Psalms 35, 13 is that I even prayed over them when they were sick. I was burdened and bowed low with fasting and interceded for their healing. And I didn't stop praying. Are there someone sick in your family? Someone need breakthrough, bondage, broken? We can stand in a gap for our family. Come. Okay. So, we have that. And, and, and I would like to give you a few minutes and begin to position our heart. Can we just place our hand on our heart? Holy Spirit, we invite you begin to shift the culture of our hearts, of my heart. Let it be in alignment just as Jesus did. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't keep it a secret. You taught us. You showed us. You provided. You are still championing us. That you have sent a Holy Spirit that constantly with us. You say you never leave us nor forsake us. What you have begun, you were completed today of Jesus Christ. Right now, God, we just want to separate a lot ourselves. And begin to seek you. Come and create this culture in our heart that we know how. We know the importance of talking to you and allowing you to speak to us. Thank you, Lord. In your name, we are free. Jesus, in your name, We've been made powerful. We've been given the authority over all the evil ones. In your name, we have access 
to your kingdom, Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done this very moment in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives and in our family. By the authority invested in us, we cut off every chains, everything, every thought, every behavior in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say, in Jesus' name, I am free. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. 